Brought to you by the WZIP sports team, this is Sports Power Talk Overtime. Featuring in-depth interviews. I didn't really plan to ask this, but since you brought it up, what's it like kind of having like your own meme? Like how does that make you feel? <laughs> Exclusive original content. He crosses paths with another best in the world. Oh, that gets you excited, don't it? Oh, that gets me excited. And of course, the hottest takes. My dad used to have this saying, if you don't like the series, you don't like football. Well, like... I say I'm a pretty big football fan, and I despise the <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> so get ready, because it's time for SPT Overtime. What is going on, Sports Power Talk Overtime fans? My name is Logan Congrove, back again for another episode. And this time, joining me is everyone's favorite Akron Zip, Mr. Evan Wilson from your Akron Zips men's basketball team. Evan, how are we doing today? Doing good, doing good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Evan, I want to talk a lot about your journey. I want to talk some Zips basketball. I want to talk some March Madness. It's going to be a great show for everyone here. So let's start off, Evan, by your journey to the University of Akron. You know, you graduated from Noblesville High School. Talk about your high school experience and what it meant for you heading into college. Yeah, so uh, high school was... It was it's, it was a tough place to play because um, of how much talent was in the city of Indianapolis. There's, I mean, especially and I, I'm seeing it now a ton, even just with the portal. Like how many guys I didn't I know there's so many guys that are from Indianapolis and from Indiana that are in college basketball. But then when you see, I mean, even the ones that transfer, I'm like, oh my god, there's a lot of guys and there was a lot <laughs> of talent around for where we're at. So um, I think that's where the love and the passion came from. That you know, every time I tied my shoes up and played against somebody, it was going to be somebody better than me and somebody that was pretty good so um that's where you know the passion came from but high school was it was fun um I enjoyed it I my senior year I didn't get a play because I was injured so that kind of put a hurt on my recruiting you know your AAU you don't play after your senior year so my junior going into senior year I had a, I had a pretty good AAU season didn't get a whole lot of look um because that was when COVID was happening so you know it was just everything was squeezed and uh, nobody knew what what the NCAA was going to do with an extra year eligibility and stuff like that so it was kind of squeezed and went into the senior year not totally sure I had emailed probably about 100 coaches division one coaches anywhere from low a major to mid-major um, even tacked on my Hoosiers in there too just <laughs> just for good measure uh, looking for a walk-on spot just trying to find something got a couple replies but one that did reply was coach Gross and, and the staff here at the University of Akron and that's how that co connection kind of started so at that time wasn't sure if I wanted to walk on if I wanted to play um, um, I realized that my playing level would have been D2, D3, NAIA. My dad actually walked on at the University of Alabama, and one thing he always told me that he enjoyed was just seeing, you know, the bright lights, the biggest stage, and being a part of the the top of the mountain, which is, yeah. you know, Power 5 Division One. So once we had that connection with Coach Gross here and the staff, I took a closer look into just the basketball program in general and how much they win and how successful they are and how much they value winning um, was really, really cool to see. So um, I kind of decided to just – put the put the playing days aside you know the 40 minute a night game uh 40 minutes a night games aside and uh give it give it a chance here and so far it's been it's been an awesome experience and i've loved every second of it we're happy to have you at the university of akron evan evan talk about your initial conversation with coach gross what was it that sold you on coming here so initially uh when i reached out to him we started talking about just my recruiting in general i was kind of asking for help you know because i wasn't sure if i still wanted to you know play heavy minutes and go play somewhere where I would I would you know be a, a role player or if I wanted to walk on so initially it started out with him just taking a peek at my stuff and um, kind of giving me some tips and had a few conversations with him and then that's when I brought up the idea of walking on you know what that process looks like and then the next call he was when he offered me a preferred walk-on spot he was he was really helpful one thing that anybody that comes to a game watches a game on TV they, they can spot from a mile away is his energy 
Um, and I, I can feel his energy through the phone. You can feel the passion through the phone. Want, dude wants to win. He's all about winning. Great leader. Great, great leader. I can't talk enough about how awesome of a leader he, he has been and, and um, has been his whole career. So, yeah, it was. I think it was the energy. It was like, you know, we all, we all love the sport. Um, but then when you get a, a leader that's going to lead your program like that and has that energy and that same passion that you can like see, not physically, but you can see him just with his passion, his love for the game, it, it makes you excited. Um, it makes it easy to play for a guy like that. So that's what really jumped out to me is just his energy and passion is through the roof. And when you first got to campus, finally a part of the team, what did you do to integrate yourself with your teammates and make those relationships on and off the court? Yeah, that was uh, that was one that I was really worried about. I was really worried about um, just you know fitting in and getting not necessarily getting guys to like me, but just being a, a, a part of the family and feeling a part of the family. The thing that did it the most, I told coach that I was thinking about it. He gave me Scott Walter's number, phone number, who was a former walk on. He walked on for three years, I think. Gave me his number, and I had a conversation with him, just kind of talking about you know like everything, every aspect of being a walk on. And one thing I brought brought up was you know relationships how, how have you built relationships and and how has that been for you and he's like not everybody's gonna like you and that's just you know that's that's the real world not everybody's gonna like you but um the way that he earned respect was on the court it was nothing about the way he walked talk act dress what music he listened to what tv shows and movies he watched it was nothing about that it was it was about you build the respect first on the court and then off the court it, it just it fits in with itself so being a hard worker that first summer getting a lot of extra shots up um being willing to come in with with guys whenever and just working my tail off in practice um, is what really built that respect for me and from then on out it's, it's been a lot easier than I thought and kind of put that that stress aside after that first couple weeks I was like hey I'm, I'm meant to be here I, I belong here and I feel like a family member here so it was mainly just on the floor just producing on the floor and working your tail off and just being the hardest worker in the room they, they there's nothing that you, no one cannot respect about that and then as someone with limited minutes what would you say you see your role as for this team especially this past season did you feel that you had a specific role to play on this roster yeah absolutely um that's one that coach talks about a lot is that um everybody has a role and, and he, he asks everyone to be an NBA all-star in the role my my role specifically is in game. Obviously, it's be ready when when the score starts to get a little lopsided. Uh, be ready to go and 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 have detail when I get in. You know, guys get excited and want me to shoot the ball and want me to you know hit a jumper or two when I get in. But it's it for for a coach. It's more about just keep playing the right way. I personally believe that the basketball gods is a real thing, and you play the right way and you're gonna you're gonna get blessed. You're gonna get lucky sometimes. Just playing ball the right way and doing the right thing when I do get in. And then mainly my biggest role is is practice. Being ready when my number is called. You know. Um, we had a we had a point in the season where we had some guys banged up, had some guys that would sit the contact portion of practice just to give them a rest, uh, give their body a rest. And you never, know, as a walk-on, you never know when that day's coming. Uh, you can stay on the sideline for two hours or you can play for two hours. So being ready for those days is what is an, an important part of my role. And then obviously scout team. Uh, I love being a part of the scout team. I love challenging the guys, love watching the film of the team we're playing. Like, hey, how can I give them the best look as just as an individual? And how can us five that are on a part of the scout team give them the best look and, and run plays sharp? Yeah, that's really my role is um, being ready whenever my number is called and, and not having to get ready and then just challenging guys in practice. So heading into your first season, great first year. You're heading into the MAC tournament. What are your thoughts as you get close to that huge moment in Cleveland after you just finished your regular season? Yeah, that, w that was an unbelievable run. Um, probably my best basketball memory 
and probably will go down until we go back to the tournament as so far as it's the best basketball memory I have. But, you know, we came off, we we ended that season winning eight of our last nine, and then the one loss came against arguably the most historic program in college basketball history. So that run that we had was was just, you felt it. Like, we as we kept stacking up wins, and no matter if it was a good team or if it was, you know, a subpar MAC team, we were still stacking up wins. And like I mentioned before, we value winning so much. So the more we kept doing that, we kind of felt like, hey, we have a chance. And the one thing the coaches do so well is just off preparation and scouting and stuff like that. I can confidently say there's not been one game that we've went into, whether we're where we're favored by 20 or we're the underdog, where I don't feel like, hey, we can win this game and we are going to win this game. So um, I think that that confidence resonates with the rest of the team, especially when you win you know five in a row before you go to the MAC tournament. The MAC tournament, I, it's it's a lot of pressure. Um, if you feel the pressure, but having that much confidence in teammates and the game plan, the scouting report, and, and the, the momentum that we were riding kind of made the pressure feel off. We, I, I don't even know if we were favored when we played Buffalo. That game, we were the four seed and they were the five seed, but they might have been the Vegas odds favorites. But that would have been the only game where we you know, were really the seeding favorite. And after right. that, we were the underdogs. And it was kind of like, keep doing what we're doing and keep keep staying confident and keep being ready to take that shot when it when it's when it's any guy's turn so that run especially was just it was awesome um that run was was unbelievable and really fun to be a part of so let's run through that run a little bit per se starting off with that Akron Buffalo game 70 to 68 you guys win that game by two you're coming out of that one heading to the locker room what are your thoughts heading into playing the number one seed Toledo after a narrow win over five Buffalo I can't speak for the rest of the team but I can speak for myself and I was nervous um you know Buffalo was technically a five seed so you win a five seed by two points and then you go play a one seed and at this point Toledo right currently Toledo's won three regular season conference championships in a row so at that point it was two in a row so you're like oh my god we just we only we squeaked out by two and we're gonna go play a dog of a team like we're gonna go play a pretty good team here so um you know in the locker room I wasn't we weren't really thinking about the next game you know we do a good job of you know enjoying the game that we won enjoy it for for the time that we were in the locker room and then as soon as we get back to the hotel it's time to prep for the next team so um wasn't really thinking about in the locker room just excited that we got the win because um like like everybody says in March it's surviving advance so you just you just got to win no matter by how many so we get back to the hotel and we start to start to prep and like I said after that prep, I'm like, okay, we can beat these guys. We got we got a good game plan. And I'm confident. So yeah, nervous for a little bit until we start prepping them. Like, hey, these, these guys are beatable, and our coaches do a great job of putting together good good scouting reports and game plans. And you were absolutely correct. You beat Toledo 70 to 62, win by eight, and you move on to play the team that nobody likes down the road. <laughs> so heading out of the Toledo game. I'm sure your confidence was up, and I'm sure you guys were ready to play Kent once again. I want to talk about quickly. You beat Toledo. You're about to advance to the MAC championship, and the Kent State video comes out. What is your locker room thinking when that video comes out, and how did you guys use that? If you did use that as motivation heading into this huge stakes game. Yeah, so I'll give you the I'll give you the full story <laughs> on that uh, of how the guys felt. So the video. Oh, I can't remember who got a hold of it first of our teammates, but the video came out. It was it was at night because they they played after us. Right. We played the five o'clock. They played the seven o'clock. They won. They had posted the video. We're sitting in the our little team meeting room and we're getting ready to do our scout and our prep and stuff like that. And someone brings a video up and was like, "Hey, look at this!" And we all kind of watch it. And to be honest with you, we all just kind of like chuckled and, and just <laughs> thought nothing of it. We chuckled, and you know they 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 used a couple names in there, and they used they used Ali's name in particular, and Ali was just like, dude, that's kind of funny. Like, <laughs> it, no one really took it personal, and I'm sitting there like, wow, I can't believe these guys aren't like fired up now, you know, yeah. and and wanting to go out there and win by 
50. So the guys kind of just laughed at it and kind of was like, that was, that was good. They almost were like, that was good. That was, that was funny. So, <laughs> so we kind of sat there and just kind of brushed it under the table. And I, I remember vividly, I went to bed and I checked the video on Twitter and it had 6,000 views on Twitter. When I went to bed, when I woke up the next morning, it had 150. Ooh. So it blew up overnight, and none of us were really aware of, of how much it blew up because we were just focused on the task right. that was getting a win. So nobody was really aware of it, and then the, the MAC obviously comes down and gives them the suspension, and the, the mindset did not change for us. Um, and I, I can't even remember if Coach really – addressed it or not obviously you know with Malik Jacobs not starting that that was addressed that yeah he's not starting but he might have mentioned it a brief second but like I said our 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 mentality what our program stands on didn't change but we were like I don't care if it's sincere Malik that playing if we're playing the Lakers like it doesn't matter who we're playing our job is to get a win and we're gonna do what we're asked to get a win so it was something for sure it was it was something to to see that but (laughs) I, I can say with confidence that we just didn't flinch. You know, nobody really took it took it personal, took it to heart. We just kind of kept kept on chugging along and doing what we we're doing, and uh, ended up keeping us successful. Your team absolutely did not flinch, winning seventy five to fifty five over Kent State. You win the MAC tournament. Emotions are high. How excited were you feeling, especially as someone that comes off the bench, minimally, <laughs> just getting to enjoy the big feeling? Yeah, I was stoked. And one thing uh, that I, I still think about to this day is. When I came in, I was very aware that you know we're a mid-major and you have to win the MAC tournament to go to the NCAA tournament. There's there's never going to be two bids in the MAC until they or if they right. uh, expand the tournament. So coming into Akron, I'm like I I just want to go to the tournament one time, just do it one time and be able to see it, feel it, do 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 that 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 aspect of college basketball and and that's all I'm asking for. And to do it my first year was like. <laughs> oh my god like it was awesome so the celebration was awesome felt like it was probably by the time that buzzer sounded to the time we got on the bus was probably an hour an hour and a half and it felt like five minutes <laughs> i mean it just absolutely flew by yeah it was it was awesome it was it was to me that that experience was almost worth more than the ncaa tournament experience because it was so much pressure relieved we everyone at the mac tournament realizes this is it you know, Toledo realizes it, Kent realizes it, Ohio, all those guys that are in there realize that this is our only way to go live our dream and that's be a part of March Madness. So when you achieve that, it's like it, it feels like a weight off your shoulder. You know, you're smiling from ear to ear for an hour straight. Like just it was awesome. It was it was a it was an unbelievable experience and I hope and I have confidence that we can do it again. I'd have confidence in you guys as well. Next up, Pep Rally at the jar. Watch the selection so live on the big screen. What were your emotions like sitting with your team, realizing that you were going to get to travel to Portland to take on, as you mentioned, one of the most storied programs in college basketball? Yeah, that was really, really, really surreal for me. Um, I can't speak for any of my teammates and how much attention they paid growing up to the NCAA tournament. Obviously, everybody pays attention to March Madness, but like I'm talking like the selection show, the bubble watch, the watching the the conference tournaments leading up to that. You know, this team loses and they were going to get in, and and now that they didn't win, now they're not getting in. So. Um, was something that I've been following pretty closely for five, six years ahead of that. So to sit with with a, a group of guys that are champions, with a trophy sitting there, our hats on from from the tournament with a net tied around it, and watching that with fans behind you instead of what you know the five years prior to that, sitting on the couch and just watching, you know, hoping my Hoosiers get in, <laughs> hoping to see Alabama get in, having no tie to Akron, like right. just watching it to watch it as a fan, and then to watch it and be like. 
our name's going to get called. Like, the team that I'm a part of is about to get called. That was really surreal for me, and that was probably the most surreal experience of the whole journey that we went on um, those last eight games is being able to, to be a part of that. Um, and then I, I do remember I had a video on my uh, Snapchat memories pop up recently that when Ohio State came in at 7, we had played Ohio State that year and lost on a buzzer beater. And That's right. The the noise in the stadium started to rise. Like we wanted to play them again, so that that was funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, seeing we didn't even care where, we didn't care who, we didn't care what what it was. We just knew that our name was getting put down. And like I mentioned, our our goal is one game at a time and one win at a time. So whoever they were going to give us, we were going to go out there and do what we can to to get a win. So um, obviously, going all the way across the country is never a bad thing. Flying on <laughs> flying on a big plane and doing all that. So that was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, it was it was a great experience. Very surreal. Very surreal for me. Talk about when you got to Portland. What are some things you guys did as a team to kind of bond and enjoy the experience before the game? Yeah, um, to be honest with you, there wasn't anything like any bonding experiences. We kind of just kept it uh, business as usual as as we would have in a December non-conference game on the road and as we would have for March Madness. So uh, you get there and the setup is a little different because it's NCAA mandated. So you have to get there. You know, the games are Tuesday or you play on Thursday and you play on Saturday, you play on Friday and you play on Sunday. So if you play on a Thursday, you have to leave on a Tuesday. So we left on that Tuesday, got there uh, kind of late, did some, I don't know, I don't even know if we did prep that day, but we did prep the next day, um, ate a hell of a meal <laughs> at, a, at a restaurant. We went in this restaurant, and we're all in our, uh, you know, our, our jackets and our sweatpants. We all look the same. Coaches are in, in collar shirts, and we walk in there, and every person in that restaurant is in a suit and tie. So we're all looking at each other like, are we supposed to be here? Like, is this, is this the restaurant that we're supposed to go to? And they take us to a back room, and eating some unbelievable steaks and stuff like that. So that experience will never get old. You know, you, you, <laughs> you win big, you, you, you eat pretty big too. Uh, but I personally, we had about an hour or two hours of a break and I kind of just walked around the city of Portland and uh, walked down to the arena because it was, it was nice out that day. But yeah, we, we just kept it business as usual. Um, and I, I personally think it would have been odd if we would have tried to do something else because now you feel like you're trying to create an environment that's not normal. Um, you're doing things that aren't normal because you're in a not normal spot. Um, so I, I, I like the way that we did it where we didn't do anything crazy and we just kept it business as usual. It felt like a normal game by the time tip-off happened. So you fell to UCLA in the tournament. It's time to move on to next season. Great year again this year. Fantastic regular season. Talk about specifically the Kent home game. The, the environment. <sighs> I was there. I was covering it for WZIP. The environment in that had to be surreal for you guys too. Yeah, I realized it was packed when you looked up to the GA sections above and you know there's bleachers and at every set of bleachers there's stairs and you couldn't even see the stairs anymore. Mm-hmm. People are sitting on the stairs, people are standing in the corners. I'm like, "Oh god, this is this is unbelievable." <laughs> um so yeah, that was that's definitely one of my best memories being here is seeing a gym that packed and obviously playing the type of game we played um we we really put pressure on them I think we got up by as much as 17 in the second half kind of really put pressure on them to to answer the bell and they did um they brought it back a little bit I think they ended up bringing it back to four um made me a little nervous I'm like oh boy we, we had a big lead and, <laughs> and now they're the villain and they're good at playing villain and and here they come uh but no we we took care of business and um it was it was a good good program win good win to, to have that many people out supporting us and obviously their their fan base was pretty good too they had a, a good chunk of people wearing black because we were all wearing white so that's just a very very kent thing to do is to do opposite akron and we would do the same yeah definitely unbelievable experience guys loved it guys were juiced nothing was better than that that first play alley-oop too that was that was something else what's it mean for you guys to have the support of the ak rowdies every game oh they're awesome they're unbelievable uh 
from their energy to their themes. You know, that John Gross theme that they did at the end of the <laughs> season was absolutely spot on. Uh, yeah, they're great, uh, especially on social media. They're good at getting things around and uh, getting students in. So we appreciate them a ton, and uh, Coach especially appreciates them a ton too. He realizes that not every not every university has students like that that care about sports in general and more or less their basketball team. Uh, so we enjoy that. We enjoy having them around, and, and they're really awesome. So you get through the regular season to MAC tournament time again, and this year was particularly special for you, Evan. You guys play Buffalo. You're blowing them out, like you said. You get in, and you get a shot off. <laughs> Talk about the exact moment where you knew you were going to get in. Did they drop a play for you? Was that, like, the intention to get you this three-point shot? <laughs> uh, no, actually. That was just uh, just freelance, just playing. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I was expecting to get in once we, we – we were up by quite a bit. I can't even remember what the – the most points we were up by was, but we were up by quite a bit. Um, and we had taken care of business to them at their place and at our place earlier in the season. So going into it, I was expecting it to be tighter because it was a Mac tournament game. And, you know, you can see it, especially right now with the NCAA tournament games are tight. People aren't scoring as many points as they normally do because, uh, it's, it's do or die. So was expecting it to be closer. Obviously it wasn't. Um, but I, I, I know my number is pretty close to getting called when we're up by about 20 or more with two minutes to go. So got my chance and, uh, Garvin Clark made a sweet pass to me standing in their corner and, <laughs> had to do my thing real quick uh but yeah it was it was awesome and I tell people a lot of time you know I get in here and there uh score here and there not very often but uh my favorite part is not the scoring it's the reaction um and if you saw the video on Twitter and Instagram that Zips Men's Basketball posted after the game the reactions from Prince Masingo, Ryan Prather, Mike <laughs> Dawson, uh Jovan Shaw our strength trainer was in there too those guys just went nuts and that's what that's those are the good days of being a walk on you know we talk about good and bad days uh that those are the ones where you're like hey this is this is totally worth it uh so yeah that that's always a good experience and especially to get get some my first tournament points was was pretty nice too absolutely could you feel <laughs> the energy in the arena as soon as you knew it was going in to be honest with you uh, I didn't feel it that much. Uh, it was it kind of went by really fast, uh, especially with only I think there's less than two minutes to go when I went in. So I was like, hey, if I'm gonna get a shot up, I better find one pretty quick. But no, I didn't. I didn't realize it until on Twitter someone had tweeted a video and it, and I can't remember who it was, but it was like shot from Evan Wilson, pretty nice pop from the crowd. And when when I turned the volume up, I couldn't. I couldn't believe that that was a pop, you know, that the, that the crowd was, was so supportive. And it, it goes back to, you know, the AK Rowdies. There were some people there. Um, our fan base in general is really strong. And uh, it's one of my favorite parts about the MAC tournament is that the fact that it is in Cleveland. You know, when we do play a big game, we, we can show out with fans. We get a lot of people there. It's been especially evident the last two years we've played Kent there. I can't imagine that the MAC doesn't hope that Akron and Kent play every single year because <laughs> of the fan base and because of the amount of people that show out. So, yeah, it, it goes back to our fans being so great. But, uh, yeah, great experience for sure. And as you mentioned a little bit off air, you've played Kent State six times in your two-year career. How does that feel? Is that like, is that something you definitely look forward to now, now that you've already run into them six times already? Yeah. We talk about before the conference season start as a team, we always talk about every game counts the same. You know, uh, you don't want to get too high, too low. If, if you're going to chase a, a regular season title or a tournament title, every game counts as one. So, you know, we beat Eastern by, I think we beat them by like 40 at home and that doesn't count as two wins. You know, it's, it's a hell of a win and really good showing from us, but it only counts as one in the column. But although every game counts 
losses won, the Kent games weigh a little heavier. <laughs> so uh, we when it's when it's Kent week, get pretty excited, especially when it ends up being on a Friday or Saturday. And I think the MAC does a good job of making sure those games are are Friday and Saturday games. But yeah, definitely you definitely circle those on the calendar because just the environment. Not even it's not even the rivalry. It's not you know the there's there's been a little bit of bad blood uh, after last season, but you know I don't think it's it's really personal. It's just a rivalry. You just circle it because of the environment. You right. know it's it's the atmosphere. It's the environment. It's the fans. It's the intensity. Um, you know you're going to get their best shot. They know they're going to get our best shot. The crowd is always really into it. So that's that's what makes it so fun for me being you know sitting there at the end of the bench and just taking it all in that um, it's one of, definitely one of the best mid-major rivalries in, in college basketball across country. Evan, how did the merch come about? <laughs> it's actually really funny. After the, the, after the season ended, uh, I want to say it was uh, Abby Carter on the women's basketball team. <laughs> she, she was like, you need a t-shirt, bro. And I'm like, I can't sell a t-shirt. I'm a walk on. Like there's no way people are going to buy my merch. So, uh, we, anytime we were together and we were with, we were with people, we started asking like, Hey, if there was an E Willie shirt, would you buy it? And people like, absolutely dude, I totally buy it. So <laughs> it was kind of a joke at first. And then, uh, I went home in May cause we always get the month of May off. And I kind of sat there and I was like, Hey, I can, I could probably do this. Uh, I had a, I have a teammate. His name is Trey flat, uh, AU teammate for two years. Love playing with him. He's, he's hilarious. He's awesome. Uh, he plays at Franklin in Indiana. I, I, it's either, I think it's division three, not in AI, but it's division three. And, uh, he's gotten TikTok famous just with media and stuff like that. And he used that same website to, to put merch out there and seemed to have decent success and didn't have to, you know, worry about shipping and handling and creating the items and stuff like that. So I hit him up and I'm like, Hey, how'd you do that? Like what, what all did you do? And he, he showed me the ropes and showed me that, all you need is a logo, plug in a logo, and 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 there you go. So uh, reached out to a media friend that I have back home uh, that's actually friends with Trey. Uh, got a little logo, put it on there, and and let it rip, and had some had some decent success. So it it always <laughs> it always puts a smile on my face when I see somebody wearing an E Willie shirt in the crowd. Uh, but yeah, it was it, I did I do that more for fun too. You know, like <laughs> you see nil deals now, like the one kid that was committed to Florida and then like didn't get his money and was owed like thirteen million dollars yeah. for an nil deal like that. I'm t- I'm gonna tell everybody right now, I didn't make enough money to drop out of college <laughs> and I didn't make thirteen million. But uh, and it's never that's never been about money for me. It's kind of just been just for fun, uh, something that people can enjoy and and have a good time with so yeah i've i'm I'm glad i did it just the experience i've had is pretty good with it and people seem to enjoy it just mentioned nil that was part of what i wanted to ask you next as a college athlete do you think that nil has changed the landscape for college athletes in a good positive way negative way what are your thoughts on nil as a whole yeah that's a that's a huge huge thing and uh, a huge thing to tackle when you know you talk about the good the bad the ugly the effects it's had Personally, I haven't seen anything affect our locker room. I wouldn't be surprised if it has affected a locker room across the country. It's going to affect somebody. Um, but our guys are pretty humble. Um, and, and, you know, you play at the mid-major level, you're not on TV every night. So you're, right. you're not as – when we talk about name, image, and likeness, we talk about what what do you look like? What is your, your image? What's your likeness? What is your – just like your picture? When someone says Enrique Freeman, they think of the, the curly hair, and sometimes it's all pulled back. You know, you <laughs> think of a big, a big dude. When you're not on TV and not presented in front of a national audience that often, you don't get that opportunity um, unless you're obviously, you know, TikTok famous or something on social right. media. So um, you don't see it as much at this level, but at the Power Five level, it's starting to become everything. More so in college football. College football te- seems like it, it, it affects recruiting more um you see deals being thrown at kids um like before you know when they're 16 17 and 18 not even 
committed to a college yet. So I think it's affecting football landscape a lot more because of the recruiting side. It still has a, a good impact on basketball. Um, I think basket, football is more about NIL and, and, and the new thing that has affected college basketball is the transfer portal. But I think NIL can keep a guy or make a guy leave too. Um, I think if you know if you got a guy that's on the brink and someone presents an NIL deal for a couple hundred thousand dollars, why leave? You right. know, if you, especially if you're a star player. So I'm glad that it's been put into play. I don't love the effects it's having with the massive amounts of, of money. I enjoyed it more for the fact that you know the NCAA makes a billion dollars or whatever on the NCAA tournament because kids are playing basketball. And no one gets a penny of that. Right. So that's the part to me where I'm like, hey, there's guys out there that are earning that and that are earning people a lot of money that mm-hmm. aren't seeing it. So I think that that's the part that I love. I love that, you know, guys that are, are being rewarded for being on TV. There are certain aspects that, that are here to stay forever. You know, if you're, if you're the starting point guard at Duke, you're going to have a fat NIL check. If right. you're the starting quarterback at Alabama, you're going to get a lot of money. Um, you know, there's certain there's certain spots and positions. Vanderbilt baseball is a good one. Yep. You know, Vanderbilt baseball is a staple program, and if you're the starting pitcher or you're the best hitter on Vanderbilt baseball, you're probably going to get a pretty fat deal. So that is here to stay forever. You know, those guys that play those positions will will always get that money. Um, but I'm glad that guys are getting money for, for you know they're earning a lot of people a lot of a lot of money for being on TV and, and being so successful. Um, but I just hope it doesn't start to ruin locker rooms, uh, ruin recruiting and stuff like that. But it absolutely has the potential to do that um but so far so far it's 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 been pretty good um i think it's i think it's been a positive what would you say to somebody that might be listening that is considering a walk-on opportunity at a bigger school that is on the fence yeah um if you have the opportunity i i totally encourage to take take it um the one thing i would say is um definitely you need to sit down and make a pros and cons list with yourself on just minutes and you know like for me the thing that i miss the most about playing heavy minutes is is the competitive itch that i have um i love to compete i love to be a competitor and uh, there's days where that that itch is not fixed like where i like i said just stand there Mm -hmm. and just wait for an opportunity Uh, you know especially and i have enjoyed it so much and i'm at the mid-major level you know if you're walking on at creighton where those guys are going to the tournament every year, going to Madison Square Garden for the Big East tournament. Like, that's an opportunity that I would encourage anybody to take. You're, you're going to give up playing a lot. You're going to give up that competitive fire a lot. But there's ways to also to cover that and to, to, to solve that for yourself. Yeah, I encourage it, it, it to anybody, um, anybody that has the opportunity, especially if they have an opportunity at a winning program with you know, good leadership at the, at the coaching staff position and players that are that treat you like family, I would encourage it to anybody because my experience has been so positive. Talk about your connection with IU men's basketball team. What is it, <laughs> what is it with you and Bloomington that is, you're so drawn to? Why, why is that your team in yeah. March Madness? Aside uh, from the fact that at the time of recording, they are playing Kent. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm from Indiana, like you mentioned. My mom graduated from IU. You know, growing up, it's just been instilled in me that Purdue is a big no-no and, and <laughs> Indiana is, is who we're rooting for. I didn't really start intensely watching and cheering for them and probably it was probably 2010 when I really started paying attention and started taking more of a love to basketball. Um, but it's just people that don't live in Indiana don't always understand the 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 phrase that it's in 49 states it's just basketball like it's it's everything in the state of indiana especially at the high school level you're seeing it more especially with girls basketball like my sister played in the state championship game in one state um what would have been not this past season but the season before and they play that game at the the pacer stadium and that place was packed 
it was packed. And, <laughs> you know, we, I have all respect for women's sports, but the demand is higher in men's sports. So you would expect a boys' basketball game to have more crowd than a girls' basketball game just in general. And that crowd was unbelievable. And it was big for <laughs> girls' basketball. It was it was a testament to Indiana basketball. So um, it's easy to get wrapped up in or Indiana University because of how intensely the fan base follows it, how intensely that it's just it's a topic of discussion everywhere you go. It's either IU or Purdue and what, what are those teams doing? Um, fan base is intense. I, I feel for every Indiana coach that's there because they're expected to pull three national championships in the course of one <laughs> season. Those fans are, are so tough on them. Uh, but they're they're easy to root for. They're never in the news for, for bad bad things. They're never the players are usually pretty respectful and, and good dudes. So uh yeah, it's it's just been instilled in me and I've I've ran with it ever since. And I, I still pay a lot of attention to them. Uh, I love the zips, but I also gotta tune in to, to watch my Hoosiers every week too. Absolutely. Evan, before I let you go, what would you say is one final thing you want to tell anybody at the University of Akron that may not have come out to an Akron basketball game? Why should they come out next season? Um, I think nationally, we we play hard. Um, you're not going to see a team that plays harder for one another. Um, there's teams that have star, you know, we have Enrique Freeman, who's an absolute stud. He's a star, but that guy is so humble that he gets in trouble for passing the ball sometimes. <laughs> so you, you're going to you're gonna see a team that just competes every single night, um, plays hard every single night, whether whether we win by 30 or have a bad night and get thumped by 15. It's not going to be an effort thing. Um, and I think as a fan, that's what I want to see out of any team that I root for is that are these guys really competing? Do they care? And that's never a question with our team. Um, for anybody that, that watches basketball to any sort of extent, um, you're going to see a good brand of basketball. You're going to see guys share the ball. Um, if a guy's hot, obviously we're going we're gonna to get him the rock. But you're going to see guys share the ball. You're going to see guys play for one another. Um, and then you're going to see a defensive team that cares. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of scoring in college basketball right now, especially with the shot clock they got uh, drunk not that long ago that points points come fast um i mean you see it especially with toledo as successful as an offensive team that they've been um points come in a hurry and come quick but you're going to see a team that that cares about that side of the ball and defense and it goes back to playing hard half a defense is just how much you care and how hard you play um so you're going to see a team that competes you're going to see a team that that plays together and like i mentioned a team that just worried about winning uh we're worried about winning because we realize that that's how everybody eats if we win um, you get you get more individual recognition the more you win. So you're just gonna see guys that play the game the right way, the game is sh- the way it should be played. Any final thoughts for Zips Nation? Love the Zips Nation. They they they're <laughs> they're great. Fan base is awesome. We we love we love when people come out to games and we love the support as a team. And uh, I I love the support individually as well. You guys are great. Evan, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Absolutely. And guys, this has been another edition of Sports Power Talk Overtime. Once again, I'm your host Logan Conger. Joining me was Evan Wilson. Follow us on Twitter at WZIP Sports for much more news and updates with Zips men's basketball and all Zips athletics. You won't want to miss it. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.